Welcome into the Vandy Sports Podcast on the 440 Sports Network. I'm your host, Billy Eric, alongside Joey Dwyer on a beautiful Tuesday morning here in Nashville. Sun is out for once, Joey. Not uh, No more cloudy skies. We've got some sun out this morning, and uh, we got another Tuesday podcast coming at you. We're brought to you by Anchor Impact, the Wash House, the Murfreesboro Pure Milk Company, Sutherland and Belk, and the Maynard Nexon Government Contracts Group. We'll get to uh, those reads throughout uh, this morning's podcast. I want to start with Anchor Impact, though. Commodore Nation, get closer to Vanderbilt Athletics than ever before with Anchor Impact, the official NIL collective for Vanderbilt University. Gain access to unmatched exclusive coverage and be part of a one-of-a-kind community. As an Anchor Impact member, you can gain exclusive privileges and benefits, offering deeper engagement with student-athletes, coaches, staff, and the entire Vanderbilt community. Access behind-the-scenes content, exclusive events, unique merchandise, and personalized experience, creating an unparalleled connection with the student-athlete's journey. You also become a catalyst for change, redefining the landscape of college athletics and showcasing the potential of NIL on student-athletes' lives. Join the mission of Anchor Impact to support student-athletes and elevate Vanderbilt Athletics to new heights. Become a member today and be a part of this impactful journey. Help the Commodores thrive and contribute now by logging on to anchorimpact.com slash register. Again, that's anchorimpact.com slash register. Joey, we've got uh, we've got you on, of course, today, and we'll get to the Mater Nexon uh, read. But again, we will get to today's uh, chat. That? What? How did you just tweet that. I just got mentioned in a tweet. <laughs> I'm, uh, somehow I find a way, Joey. <laughs> But uh, no, we'll get to the Bader Dexon read. Uh, also, chat room is available. Uh, so feed us your your comments and questions throughout uh, today's show. Uh, if you miss it, though, we've got it on our podcast feed as well. Uh, chat room will be brought to you by Sutherland and Belk, family owned injury law firm. If your loved one has been hurt or an accident, give Taylor Russell a call 615-846-6200 to see what your rights are and if they can help. Joey, we got a lot to get to right before we got on. I, I asked you uh, what's going on. You said, "Well, there's a lot going on, and we, we've got a lot of it. It's 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 all football, basketball. I think until baseball, you know, kind of gets ramped up with their uh, with their season with fall baseball out of the way. We're not not talking as much baseball, but boy, th- these these two football and basketball programs, Joey, have seemingly been on a roller coaster ride these mm-hmm. <laughs> these last few months and. For basketball, a bad season just got worse. And for football, starting to feel like uh, a, a little bit of a mass exodus. We'll, we'll see, right? There's still a lot of players uh, that that we think will likely hit the portal. There's players that'll come in. There's coaches that'll leave. And there's coaches that'll come in. So, I don't know. Between football and basketball, Joey, it's kind of intriguing. Just like, what's next every day? Yeah, there's never a dull moment. And... Unfortunately for us and for the people watching this, this is a very dark time in Vandy Athletics. And that means it's eventful, but it also means that a lot of the news is not news that we love to report or news that we love to talk about. And that's been very prevalent in the last three days or so. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to all that. We'll get to the football uh, news with, with the transfer portal entries. Brandon Horrigan, the strength and conditioning coach, is out uh, the the Lee Dort news, of course, unfortunately, uh, suspended from the team. We're, we're of course we're not sure how long uh, he'll be out or if you know we'll, we'll see him at all again this season. 
just a really unfortunate situation for everybody involved. So we'll we'll, we'll get to that and kind of more so on how that impacts the team. Uh, and then Boston College tomorrow night, Joey, ACC-SEC Challenge. Uh, it starts tonight with a bunch of matchups tonight, a lot of good matchups, and then it rolls on tomorrow, Vanderbilt and Boston College, 8-15 on the SEC Network. So we'll get to that. That's the news, though, and it's brought to you by the Wash House. They are the presenting sponsor for basketball season. If you're dreading laundry day, let the laundry professionals at the Wash House take care of that for you. They've got two convenient locations in Nashville. Drop off your dirty laundry, and their professional attendants can give you back the one thing you could never have enough of. That's your time. Within 24 hours, you can pick up your nicely folded, fresh and clean laundry, ready to be put away. Log on to washhouseclean.com, washhouseclean.com. Or stop in today and get your time back. All right, Joey, let's rumble through these uh, transfer portal entries. And there've been, there's been a, I don't know the exact number, but there's been several. But I want to get to the important ones, right? The the two quarterbacks, Ken Seals and AJ Swan. Seals entered, uh, I want to say the day before Swan, maybe two days before, and then Swan entered last night, kind of late last night, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. I I, I had heard that. We might get an answer on Swan by the end of this week, but we ended up getting it last night. And and Joey, the, the more important transfer, I think, is Swan, because I think there was a little bit of hope that that the staff could could keep him here. Uh, but at the end of the day, both are gone. And now if you're Vanderbilt, you got to find a quarterback. And I, I don't know that I'd be saying before this season – that after the season, like if I told you, Joey, hey, after the season, Seals and Swan are both gone, I I would not have believed you. I I, I now a few weeks ago, yeah, I would have believed you. But the way this season has played out was 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 unexpected, and and you know a lot of the drama that happened, especially in that quarterback room, I think caused that, uh, and and kind of you know told these players, hey, you know. That th- this transfer thing is an option for you, and, and we'll see where Seals and Swan land. They're good, co- they're good quarterbacks, but in, in this in this Vanderbilt uh, scheme and this season, I don't know that really there's a quarterback on the planet that that was suited to to perform well. So, Joey, th- quick thoughts there on uh, Seals and Swan both gone, and now Vanderbilt is is searching for a quarterback. Yeah, I think it's bigger than A.J. Swan and Ken Seals. I think this kind of shows you the way Vanderbilt managed this quarterback room this season was probably not the best course of action. Obviously, this stat has some context missing from it with injuries and such, but Vanderbilt played two quarterbacks in seven of its 12 games this season. When you say if you have two quarterbacks, you have zero, that's applicable in terms of the talent you have, but it's also applicable in terms of how many quarterbacks are happy. And you see that now that neither of them seem to be super jazzed about the direction that this was heading, at least in terms of their their own development. And Seals makes a little more sense to go in the portal just because he's a grad transfer. He got his Vanderbilt degree. I think a lot of people in that program are thankful for how long Seals stuck around and how much he dealt with throughout his career. Billy Ken Seals dealt with a lot of crap throughout his career and a lot of crappy teams, and a lot of crappy situations. And he put his head down and still graduated. So, you got to give Ken Seals all the credit in the world. I don't yeah. think the single Vanderbilt fan who has animosity towards him going in the portal. AJ Swan, I think, is an interesting case study because, what, three months ago they thought he was their quarterback of the future, and now he's in the transfer portal, and a lot of people aren't incredibly upset about it. I think the development there was not not handled 
unbelievably well by the Vanderbilt staff. You just, I mean, we talked about it after the old Miss game. It's just like the messaging in terms of that quarterback room is so poor. And a lot of, a lot of games, Swan was unavailable due to health, but that wasn't particularly clear to us how healthy he was or whatever. It just felt like Swan's development was not handled the way it could have been. And obviously there's a lot of problems with what he did as well. He turned it over a lot. Obviously, he got hurt, which is not the thing he did, but it certainly hindered a lot of what he had moving forward, and it felt like Vanderbilt just needed something new at the quarterback <clears> position. <throat> he played well against Tennessee, in my mind, but that wasn't enough. And, Billy, I think it's a bigger issue than just them. I think Vanderbilt is a really tough place to play quarterback, and whether they get a great transfer or they get a marginal transfer, Walter Taylor's the quarterback. I think it's going to be a difficult situation for that quarterback, and it's kind of where we're at right now. Money can fix some things in terms of that, and program infrastructure can fix things. But as of now, and for a long time, it's been a difficult place to play quarterback. Yeah, on the surface from the outside, Joey, like the average SEC fan looks at this and goes, oh my, what is going on at Vanderbilt? They just lost the two quarterbacks that that played for them this year. I mean, Walter Taylor played, but I mean, Swan and Seals were, were the two guys that played. But for us... You know, I don't. I don't think it's a total shock, and I also don't think it is the worst thing in the world. You, you went two and ten. Um, there could be a change at at offensive coordinator. There could be a change at defensive coordinator, but specifically offensively, right? You went two and ten. You were you were the worst offense statistically, yards per game, points per game, both categories in the SEC. I mean. You know, we are inside that program, Joey, not every day, but <clears throat> every week. You know, Chris and I were at fall camp. And to see the season go like this, I don't think it is the end of the world that that the two quarterbacks are out. I think I think ultimately Ken Seals was a guy that I I thought would would probably transfer. He still has two years of eligibility left. Uh he's an appealing target for um potentially a group of five school, right, to snag him and and, and get a guy that's a veteran and, and could start for you. Swan, on the other hand, right. I love how you said that, Joey. He was the cornerstone before this season, right? And even kind of last year, you were pointing to that hope, that, that glimmer of hope. A.J. Swan was that hope. And they put this season essentially on his shoulders, which I, I, you know, I don't think was fair. Uh, but in the moment before the season, there was a ton of expectations for for Swan. So, like you said, he came out, he looked okay in those first couple of games, and then I think the Kentucky game was a big kind of slap in the face, wake up call, whatever you want to call it, for the staff and saying, okay, we need to we need to make a decision, make a change, do something because sending Swan out there in these games is not is not winning us games right and and had the two pick sixes right continued with 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 turnover issues and then they turned to seals and seals steadied the ship but they also realized that seals is not going to uh, within this offense right i think if there were better pieces around him he would have been better suited right anyone would have but vanderbilt needs a dynamic mobile quarterback that can make plays right now where they're at in the program, Joey, that's what they need. And we had a good chat question uh, in the in the in the board uh, we we put up that we're going live today. What is phase two between bring in a mobile quarterback and profit? And I, I'm not sure I quite understand the question, but 
the question is a good one because I think they they got to have a mobile quarterback, Joey, and the guy that you know we think is a potential to 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 maybe come in a guy like an like an MJ Morris from NC State who there's a lot of buzz for. Um, you know, we've heard a lot of buzz for Ty Simpson as well. So those two guys are both mobile quarterbacks, and 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 those are those are some potential. Again, nothing official yet, but Joey, they've got to get a mobile quarterback because of where they're at in the build with the offensive line. You don't have a great workhorse running back, so your quarterback has to be the dude in every offense, right? This is football. You've got to have quarterback is that that first piece you got to have. Vanderbilt thought they had it this year with Swan. They end up not having it. They've got to find that, Joey, and they've got to find it quickly to build some continuity. And especially if they're going to end up making a change at offensive coordinator, they've got to find that quickly. Vanderbilt is is in a, a tense period here where <clears throat> I know signing day is on the 20th, I think. Joey, they've got to move, and they've got to move fairly quickly because you know you, spring ball is not all that far away. I mean, we're going to get to spring ball – and we may not know a whole lot, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just where they're at. So, Joey, I think of the quarterback, and I think of mobile quarterback because of where they're at right now in the build. Yeah, I think mobile quarterback has to be an eraser for this offense. It has to erase some missed blocks. <clears throat> yes. Erase some things on the front end that are going to hinder Vanderbilt quarterbacks and have hindered A.J. Swan and Ken Seals. I think A.J. Swan and Ken Seals, for that matter, could be really good quarterbacks elsewhere. I just yeah. don't think it was the right fit here just because uh, they don't have the guys up front and they don't have the run game to be able to complement those guys. You have to be able to create your own run game, which Walter Taylor can do, but I don't think his arm strength is far along. Maybe not his arm strength, but his throwing as a whole, I don't know is, if it's there. So Vanderbilt's got to find a mobile quarterback who can do at least a little bit of both, but you have to be an eraser, a little bit of the poor run game, the poor offensive line, and Billy, I think something that people have glossed over a little bit is they're going to lose a lot on that O-line, and it's maybe not going to be a fantastic thing next season to see that O-line. It wasn't good this year, and I'm not super optimistic it can be great next year, although they have some young, talented guys. Maybe they can hit in the portal a little bit. It's unknown what their coaching situation is there, but we'll see. Like you said, mobile quarterback has to be the path of action here, and you got to erase a lot of the mistakes that guys on the offense will make. And The bright side for Vanderbilt, as it looks to get a portal quarterback, they can really sell their receivers. And I think that's probably the best position group on the roster and one that was really disserviced by quarterback play and running game and the offensive line throughout the year. Yeah, Scott chimes in and says, we need to lose offensive linemen. Uh, that, that, that's another good point. Uh, Joe, we, you know, we talk all the time about the skilled players, the quarterbacks, you know, the receivers, the, the, the running backs. Offensive line right now with this program is most important. And I know there was a Notre Dame offensive lineman that hopped in a portal, uh, Zeke Carell. You know, <clears throat> what a gift. Those are guys. Ga- I know, I know, right? Uh, and, and Notre Dame, they had a guy, an edge rusher, uh, yeah, Nana Osafa Mensa, that entered a couple of days ago. Joey, the Notre Dame players, Vanderbilt should have, should have a leg up. I mean, half their staff came from Notre Dame. Clark probably, know, Clark probably recruited Nana. Uh, mm-hmm. to Notre Dame so I think he's yeah Lazinski uh, we've got other other staff members from Notre Dame Josh Adams uh, former running back so you know Notre Dame's a school to watch especially those two guys Osafa Mensa and Carell but offensive lineman Joey that's most important honestly like yeah you've got to find the quarterback 
But almost before you get that quarterback in, that quarterback should know he's going to be protected. <laughs> right? Right? I mean, like if, if you don't have the the offensive lineman to protect that quarterback, you're going to have another situation like you did this year. Right? It's it's almost like coming into the season, Joey, they thought AJ Swan could mask a lot of those issues that Mike Wright did, right? Mike Wright masked a lot of those issues last year. AJ Swan and his skill set didn't fit what this offensive line could do. So you've got to find a quarterback that can work with this subpar offensive line. That and that's putting it nicely. Mm-hmm. Um and that's a Mike Wright type of guy. I think I think MJ Morris would be a good fit. Ty Simpson, good fit. There's other quarterbacks out there. I know Will Howard from K-State entered the portal. I know um, there was a kid from Indiana, Tyler Soresby, I think his name is, entered the portal. There's good quarterbacks out there in the portal. We talked about NIL all the time. Vanderbilt, this, this next month or so, Joey, I hate saying do or die, but it feels like it's do or die with these portal guys and Vanderbilt being very strategic with, with who they go after, mm-hmm. right? I mean, well you, you, you've day. got as well as signing day, right? And there's the, you know, we, we think there's going to be coaching moves, but are the coaching moves going to happen? Not going to happen until signing day. Mm-hmm. I think that's another question. And that kind of, you know, puts you back almost a month. And then January probably will be that huge month for, for, for portal activity, for changes, for coaching changes. So, Joey, this this next month here is is very important in terms of portal activity. But I also think about the coaching staff. Like, if you're bringing, if you're trying to bring portal kids in, what are you telling them? Right? Are you telling them that these staff changes are going to happen, or are you waiting until they come here then you make the changes? There's there's just there's a lot of moving parts right now. I don't envy Vanderbilt's staff. They're probably working. I mean, they're probably not sleeping. I was thinking about that the other day. Like, I mean, it, it, these are tenuous times. Um, we got another comment here, Joey, from Corey. <clears throat> if the staff takes 15 portal transfers, what is your breakdown positionally? I would think five of them need to be offensive line, right? Yeah, maybe maybe not quite five. I think I think two to three offensive linemen is a good number. Uh, but your position breakdown, Joey, it, it, I know it's, we didn't really prep for this, but but throughout this team, I mean, kind of broad overview, what are the positions of need that you think uh, Vanderbilt has to go after in the portal right now? Where do I start? First of all, they need a quarterback. Second of all, they need offensive linemen, like you said, at least two or three of them, maybe more than that. You need some veterans on the D-line. I think some of their better guys are young guys, supplement that with older guys, and then the secondary, oh my gosh, the secondary. Um, you have some young guys who are going to take leaps forward next year. Um, Trudeau Berry, Martel Height, but those can't be the only guys. And I think that's where I look and say, you got to get somebody. I think that's a great comment on the screen. Uh, there's, I mean, it's not a terrible time. You're you kind of yeah. roster turnover, to be honest with you, just because of how poor this roster was. Clark Lee's got an opportunity, kind of like Jerry Stackhouse had in the spring, to completely flip his roster. Stack, I don't know, did that. I don't think his team this year is quite as good as it was last year. But I think Clark Lee has an opportunity to take a step forward with what he has in terms of scholarships. Yeah, I got a comment. Uh, quarterback, tight end, offensive oh, tight end, lineman, yeah. 
DB, yeah. I, I would agree with that. Um, I just think, Joey, right now, like if you're Barton Simmons, you know, you look, looking at the roster, I don't think this is a scenario where you go into the portal and you just attack the best available players. Like, I don't, I don't think that's quite where they're at. This roster is not in great shape, but it's not in, I don't think it's rock bottom shape. Like, I, I like there are talented guys at certain position, like receiver, they're fine. And, and I, I, I think Will Shepard could, could transfer. I think they're still fine with Humphreys, Cheryl, if Skinner stays. Gamarion Carter had been banged up, but I, you know, I like him too. Jade McGowan. McGowan. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so it's just they're, can they keep those guys? Can they keep Langston Patterson? Can they keep CJ <laughs> Taylor? Can they keep these receivers? Exactly. So that's the that's the big challenge here, and that's what we're going to learn. We're we're going to learn the most about where this program is headed here in the next couple of weeks. With you know, can they keep those guys like a Taylor Humphreys? Um, you know, even Cheryl. I mean, there. Mm-hmm. And if Shepard leaves, I saw this. It's a good comment on the board. If Shepard leaves, they can reallocate that money, that NIL money over to guys like Humphrey, Cheryl, whoever, mm-hmm. right? So it's not the worst thing in the world that that Vanderbilt is having attrition. Clark Lee said that um, last week. Mm-hmm. He said, we are going to have attrition, right? We are going to lose players. You went, We went 2-10, and ten, right? He's been very honest about that, mm-hmm. right? And, and if you lose 15 guys, you lose 15 guys. But out of those 15 guys – they can't be certain players. I think there's certain players, Joey, on this team that you cannot lose. You cannot afford to lose. Speaking of afford, you know, you got to pay up for them, right? To keep them. <laughs> CJ Taylor, London Humphreys, Junior Cheryl, Langston Patterson, um, Martel I think Mar- Martel Height. Mm-hmm. Uh, those five guys right there, I think Bryce Cowan, you might throw him in there. Um, more than just five guys but there, there's a big pocket of players right that that you have to keep you have to do everything in your power to keep and then look at your needs quarterback tight end db offensive line you know maybe a safety maybe another receiver here or there but look at those needs and plug and plug them in right i mean that that is what is most important right now with this program keeping those freshmen but Joey, as soon as they lose one of those freshmen or sophomores that are talented, you might see more, right? So mm-hmm. I cannot emphasize enough how important these next couple of weeks are for these exit interviews, not only with players, but for coaches um, to, to be on the same page, right? And, and these players are being poached. All season long, talented players like Humphreys have been attacked right, by SEC schools. Right. Same with Patterson. Right. Those are SEC level guys. And so you have to be able to keep those. I think they can. I think they will. Joey, I've, something tells me they, they will find a way to retain the players they have to retain. Uh, but at the end of the day, Joey, you got to keep the good freshmen and sophomores, uh, like Scott says here from from this year. I think it's particularly important defensively to keep your playmakers. Their defense was so bad in the numbers, but they have a couple bright spots there. They need to keep Langston Patterson. C.J. Taylor, I think, has to be a guy that you put a big emphasis on keeping, depending on how realistic that is. And you mm-hmm. got a lot of young guys, like you mentioned, Martel Height, even Trudeau Berry, Darren Agu, Issa Wataha. Those are all guys that have to be cornerstones of this defense moving forward if you want any step, any chance to 
put a competent defense on the field. If you can't, it doesn't matter what you do in terms of getting a transfer quarterback or transfer alignment. If their defense is as bad as it was this year, they have no chance, Billy. Yep. Defense is important, too. You know, We talk a lot about offense. I think defensive linemen, we didn't, you know, interior defensive linemen, as well as edge guys. I mean, I think there's potential for certain defensive linemen to to maybe transfer out. Um, again, we just got to figure that out. I think a lot of the, what this staff is doing right now, they're waiting for these guys to make their decision. And then, because they don't know, right? I mean, and a lot, the other thing is, Joey, these guys can enter the portal like Ricky Wright did, I think last year, or maybe it was two years ago. Enter the portal and then come right back. Kind of, you know, go shopping for for a few weeks and then and then hop right back in and and come to Vanderbilt. So, so many decisions that have to be made. Including um, here in the, can you keep exactly. Dante Carter in the class? That's a huge uh, ball that has to be dropped. Still, yes, yeah. Th- th- there's there's so much, Joey. Corey comments in here. Some breaking news: Wake Forest quarterback Mitch Griffiths is transferring. Uh, could he be a better fit than MJ Morris from NC State? I say Mitch can run a little bit. Uh, I say no, though, Joey. I, like I said, I think you agree. They've got to find a mobile quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a little weary of Wake Forest quarterbacks just because of the system. I don't, the think, si- Sam yeah. Hartman, I don't think Sam Hartman was even as good as a lot of people thought he was going to be at Notre Dame just because, not only because of the system, but I think that certainly plays a role. I need to watch more Griffiths to see that. Obviously, we saw him play in person our first road trip together. But, uh, yeah, mobile quarterback, I think, has to be the emphasis point. You got to be able to throw it, too, though. You can't just get a, a track star back there. Griffiths, I think, can be okay, yeah. but you might have some of the same issues you've previously had. I think that's why they like MJ Morris. Morris is a guy that can really run, uh, but he can throw a- as well. Mike Wright, no offense to Mike Wright. He did a lot of good things at Vanderbilt. He was not a threat to throw the football through the air. So imagine getting a guy that can run like a Mike Wright, but also make the throws, kind of sit in the pocket and and be a pocket passer for you. I just think that's what Vanderbilt needs right now. Uh, Lot Lizard, they can't sign a bunch of Ivy transfers and expect the fan base to smile. Uh, that, that's fair. I mean, I, I think that's where they're at, Joey. I think there, there are certain Ivy League guys that that do make impacts. It's rare, though, to – to, to have an Ivy League kid come make an impact in an SEC school, a high-level impact. That's the other thing, right? If you can pull <clears> – <throat> say Vanderbilt pulls a kid from another SEC school. Um, I just think there's certain certain names out there that will make Vanderbilt fans go, ooh, wow. I mean, you know, that that's a guy that can make an immediate impact as opposed to maybe two or three Ivy League guys, two or three group of five kids – that's not really moving the needle. I know, you know, we're talking kind of from the fans' point of view here, but that's I think what is important: putting faith back into this program and and giving hope to this fan base because there's not much of it right now. Yeah, if there's a ton of apathy again next year, I mean, what what do you do with Clark Lee? I mean, if you go two and ten and the fan base doesn't care by midway through next year, I think you have to make a move. So apathy is certainly something that I'm looking at. And there was a lot of it towards the end of the year, Billy. I tweeted out that I was at the Tennessee Vandy game, and people were like, why are you there? (laughs) Well, it's a rivalry (laughs) game, I guess. But people thought they had no chance, and that's kind of what where this program is right now. And Tennessee lost by like 20 points two weeks in a row before that, and people still thought they had no chance, and they really didn't. Yeah, 
Yeah, it, it's that's that's where they're at. That, that that's where they're at, Joey. Good comment here on the board from Godors ninety four. Can Clark recover from this season and this transfer aftermath? I think it's a good question. Um, right now, it it feels pretty bleak. Um, especially like last night, I'm sure it was tough for the staff. It's tough for everybody. I mean, you see Swan leave and then Seals leaves or reverse order there. But Joey, there's just you know, we talked about the path being tough to see, tough to find after the Auburn game. It feels even bleaker right now. And it's almost like they need a huge splash, whether it's a new coach coming in or because a lot of this can change with your quarterback. I talk about this with Luke White all the time and other people. That's how much a quarterback can change a program. Now, you've got to have other pieces around him as well. I think they've got receivers. You bring in a couple of offensive linemen. I think they need a splash quarterback. I I think they do, Joey. And, and, and because quarterbacks is what keeps the world moving in the football world, right? I mean, yeah. you know that we all know that. What do you think, Joey? I mean, that question's a good one. Can Clark recover from this season? I think you hit it right on the head. He needs something that gets people excited about next season, and right now he has not much that does that. He has some guys that people like. Junior Sherrill, I think, is a guy that people like. He scored a touchdown against Tennessee. Said he's improved his route running. I think that's pretty noticeable as well. London Humphreys is a real player for them. They have some good young guys, but those guys alone aren't going to get people bought in for next season. They have to get a new coordinator or something of the sort that excites people. They have to get a quarterback that excites people. The bright side, I think Clark Lee is a little more open to all of this than he has been. I think his answer when I asked him how does he evaluate the season was pretty uh, insightful, actually. I think there was a lot of coach speak in there, but if you can read between the lines, I think he was trying to be a little more open about the whole process and everything. So I think Clark Lee has kind of woken up to the fact that 2-10 and 10 isn't good enough and people want transparency from you. So it's interesting, Billy. You're right, though. They have to make a splash. They can't keep this current roster – it, the splash could even be, I mean, it's not going to move the needle as much as the Tyron Lawrence did, but if you can get one of your big guys back after he's trying to be poached or something along those lines, that's a splash. Not the one people are hoping for, but something has to be able to inject something into this fan base, Billy. Yeah, Seth Saban comment here, if the O-line is as bad, it doesn't matter who takes the snaps. That, that's such a good point, and we need to keep hammering that home. You know, as as many splashes as fans want with skill guys, like I said, Joey, you need some splash alignment. You need productive offensive linemen that are veteran guys that can come in and fill the holes. What do you think here, Joey, on the offensive line? Right, Julian Hernandez out. I, I my guess would be Grayson Morgan is plugged in there at center. Uh, we saw Jake Ketchek get some time uh, in Knoxville. Uh, Xavier Castillo has some eligibility left. Bradley Ashmore has some eligibility left. So does Gage Pitchford. Um, if you had to pick some spots there, like I think Morgan at center is fine. I think if Ashmore comes back, I mean, he he, he is probably on, on a battle line, he's probably the best option there. I think he could stay at, 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 his, at his spot, whether that's right tackle, right guard, whatever. Probably right tackle. It's where I think he's been playing. Gunnar Hansen, I think, is a guy that could probably stay there on the left tackle side. I think you've got your tackles. I think you need a couple of interior offensive linemen to plug in there. Those are hard to find, <laughs> right? You know, those are hard to find. My gut, 
you know, maybe go into Nebraska or Iowa or one of the Big Ten schools, find some interior guys. Uh, but that that's my thing. I don't know if you agree there, Joe, in kind of the offensive line and, and need on the offensive line. I don't think you need five new ones. I think you just need – like if you get a couple of interior guys to plug that middle, I think you're starting to look at a better offensive line. Yeah, I don't think any of those losses are huge. Kiva Wesley and Julian Hernandez are not awful losses in my mind. I think the staff thinks that their young guys are really good. And I don't know how much of that is coach speak or whatever, but you got to give those guys a chance at some point. You can't just have the same guys right. that they've been producing out there again. So I would expect some changes. I don't know what those changes are going to be, but to be a better offensive line, it's got to be a different offensive line. If you just run back the same thing without those two guys, I don't really know what the plan is there. I think Ashmore is an important guy to get back just because of his leadership, but the rest I'm really open to whatever the staff thinks the best move is there. I think Morgan's a guy who they need to keep in whatever way they can, though. Yeah, Kiva Wesley and Barrett Maddox uh, transferred out yeah. from the offensive line. Barrett Maddox was a kid I liked. Uh, he he had group of five offers come you know coming out of high school. I, I don't think I I don't think Vanderbilt will sorely miss him, but he was a kid that I think projected well. I'll yeah. be interested to see where he lands. Um, so that's kind of the offensive line situation there. We got a lot of comments and questions here in the chat. We got a lot of board questions too. This turned into a big old mailbag episode. <laughs> this is what portal transfer portal season does to you joey yeah uh, covering football jackson talk good friend uh, chimes in here do we think potential new hires coordinators look at clark lee as a lame duck coach for next season or is there potential to turn this around <laughs> i think that's a really good question yeah yeah and you know certain guys i think clark probably has to find guys that he has experience with and, and that trust clark and believe in clark Right now, uh, I don't think you can – yeah, that's how most high, coaching hires happen anyway, right? I mean, you're not going to hire a guy typically if you have no prior experience with him. Now, I'm sure that has happened, but especially at a school like Vanderbilt, you're not going to typically get big-name splash coordinator hires. Not sure if Clark knows Andy Ludwig, Utah's offensive coordinator, who was uh, at Vanderbilt formerly under Derek Mason. Um Certain things like that. I, I just I don't know who Clark knows. Uh, that's I mean that's personal information, but that's a really good question, Joey. And and that's where this program is at. The bottom line here is there enough belief in what Clark Lee is doing that not only players but coaches can come in and start to elevate this program because that's I mean coaches are just as important as players, especially with where, where Vanderbilt is right now. I personally, I've told you, Joey. I've told this this before to other people. I think there is potential to turn this around. Um, like I said, it takes a quarterback. It takes a couple of those offensive linemen. Plug the holes that you need. The, an offseason can can be huge for a program. We saw it at Colorado. I know Colorado didn't end up where they wanted to be. You saw it at North Northwestern got a, some some good transfers, and they're in a bowl game right now. They were 1-11 last year. right? They had an interim coach come in and turn that program around. It can happen. Vanderbilt can be that program. They've got to be very, very careful about what they do in these next couple of weeks. Joey, what, what do you what do you think there? I think that's a great question. I think there's there's probably a lot of that out there, to be completely honest with you, just because their schedule is so difficult. And it's not like they lost these games by two or three points last year, and a guy thinks, well, maybe if I'm in there and I get a few better players, 
were in better shape. Billy, they lost most of these games by, what, 20 points? Did they get a game right. closer than 15 points in SEC play? I don't know. And the schedule is more difficult next year. So I don't know that they're super close to taking the jump that they needed to take. Bowl eligibility is going to be a real a real marking point, but it's going to be really difficult with what they have. I don't know if there's going to be six teams they play that aren't ranked. So I think that probably factors into the coordinator thing as well. It's just whether they believe Clark Lee has job security past next year and whether they believe in him. Coordinators want job security. And right. I don't know that Vanderbilt can really offer that a whole lot right now. They can offer a great opportunity for a young guy to maybe show that he's an SEC caliber play caller or whatever, but they can't offer you something that they can promise you're around at Vanderbilt for four years. It could very well be they hire a guy this offseason and this time next year he's unemployed, and I think that's scary for a lot of guys in the profession. Yeah, Seth says Ty Simpson or bust. I think I mean, that's where a lot of people are right now, uh, whether it's Ty Simpson or any splash quarterback. Splash quarterback or bust. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that, that that's kind of what it feels like. Lot Lizard, uh, right now we are selling concussions, a new coordinator, and a promise. That's going to take a lot of dough. We've talked about that, right? I mean, paying up is just as important right now here in the next couple of months as anything Back on the offensive lineman, Ashmore, Hanson, and the freshman sophomore offensive line are the only guys worth keeping. I would agree with that. Speaking of the offensive line, Joey, Corey asks a question about Coach Blazik. Is he potentially on the chopping block? I'm still up in the air on him. I think I think he's a great coach. But excuse me, got a nasty cough right now. But I think Vanderbilt needs coaches, and I've said this before, that pull everything out of players, right? You can you can get a kid that's a three-star, and you find a way to pull every little piece of talent out of him, right? This this certain coach, Blazik, might be a great coach um, at a school like in Alabama or an LSU, but at Vanderbilt, is he the best fit? I don't know. Um, I, I think there could be a change there, but I'm still up in the air. I've been up in the air on him for the last few weeks, there's certain coaches I'm not up in the air on, uh, but Blazik is is one of the coaches I am very much so up in the air. But it's a very important hire. Offensive line is the weakest, arguably. I mean, there's a lot of weak points here, but weakest position group on this team right now. Um, secondary is probably you could argue there. But mm-hmm. Joey, what do you think, Coach Blazik? Yeah, I'm up in the air as well. I think that's a guy who's pretty highly regarded coming into the year, but. His results really haven't been there on the recruiting trail. I don't know if they've been there. He just lost Harrison Ward of Georgia Tech. On the field, certainly weren't there this year. I think it was better last year, but it's really difficult to envision a path where the offensive line improves without almost a complete overhaul. And I think it might have to include coaches as well. Yeah, so we'll see there. I mean, obviously there will be movement uh, on the staff as well. Uh, Knox too tall. How do you get an OC with the quarterback for next year? Not on the roster. Another good question. <laughs> I guess you like um, to get his quarterback in the portal, but it might yeah. be late by then. God. I mean, the more questions I read, the, the, the tougher this gets just for, for everything we talk about. Uh, let's see here. Offensive line could take a leap with a new strength team. That's a good. Good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, of course, we'll get to Coach Horgan. Uh, we got a lot of comments rolling in here. Uh, I want I want to make sure I don't miss. I, I did a bad job last episode of getting to a lot of the questions. Uh, Davis, 67 on the board. I see we have two quarterback commits for 2024. 
Muschamp and St. Hilaire, both out of Chattanooga. Any updates on them? How well have they done this year? It's a good question. Joey, you have, uh, well, both of us have kind of been all over them uh, in terms of, you know, tweets, videos. Um, I think you would, did you go to one of, uh, one of their games? I did, did you go not, to St. Close to. Okay. Close to going to St. Hilaire. I, we've been keeping up. We haven't, I mean, in Chattanooga, it's, it's tough to go to those, but they're, I don't think they're going anywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, especially right now, what heck one of them might play next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean that, that, that's, that's the, that's kind of the selling point of what they're excited about. They might play in an SEC school next year. Yeah. For the direction that the program has been heading, that is a really good quarterback class. And those guys aren't going to be like, those are foolproof guys who are going to come in and be all SEC guys as freshmen or anything. But those are two guys who you can really develop and both have tremendous ceilings, especially St. Hilaire, I think, has a tremendous ceiling. And Muschamp can throw it on the run. He can move. There's a lot of real high upside with these two guys that I think Vandy fans should be excited about. But also they haven't developed quarterbacks very well. Maybe the new staff, if they have it, does that. But I think that's certainly something worth noting. When you bring up optimism like that with a class, it's like they haven't done a great job in the past with – developing quarterbacks these guys are super talented though and i think could signify a passing or the changing of the guard at least after this year at quarterback yeah, another good one here joey from og 706 on the board what is the incentive for any portal transfer to come to vanderbilt right now uh, again another good question i think right now and i think we've talked about this joey if you're clark lee i think you're telling kids that hey Last year was not was not the way we wanted it to go, but in year four, we have a chance to show the SEC that that you know we we are not the basement, right? Um, you can come in here and you can play right away, mm-hmm. right? Um, other than that, it's tough to see much of an incentive, like. Especially like at quarterbacks, say like if you're looking at quarterbacks, if you're Vanderbilt, right now, if you were a quarterback, Joey, would would you want to come to Vanderbilt? Not really. The only selling point I would think would be playing time, like you said. It's right. so the, the recruiting scale is either we're having success, come be a part of our success, or we're not having success, we need you. And Vanderbilt's in the we're not having success, we need you portion of that right now. Right. And – you know, you're in the SEC. I think you can tout that. I think your school is in Nashville. I mean, kind of the overall pitch, right? You can come come play in Nashville. Come be a part of a build, right? Where a few years from now, you can say you were you were a part of that initial first build, you know, first step. Um, and again, it, it always seems like we're grasping at straws there, but I do think playing time is a big incentive there for, for portal guys to come to Vanderbilt. Um, he also asks, won't we get outbid by other more competitive programs for the good portal players? Yeah, you, you will get outbid. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's no there's no other way around it. You have to find kids that Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Tennessee, Ole Miss are not going after. You have to f- try to find those diamonds in the rough. You're not going to outbid those schools. You're just not. Um, yeah, that's that's the only pitch you really have to some of these guys is money, and a lot of those guys are going to go to other schools. It's going to be difficult. I, Vanderbilt's got a small pool to pick from in the first place. Right, and I could be wrong, Joey. I mean, I've heard Vanderbilt is is, is going to. You know, we talk about breaking the bank all the time, but I mean, we've heard Vanderbilt's making the investment this off season. 
But I could I could be wrong there. Maybe Vanderbilt makes headwaves here in the next couple of months, and and they're in the headlines for for you know beating being transfer portal you, right? I I, I kind of doubt that. Yeah, I doubt but it. you know we we they've they've talked about investment. It's time to put the money where the where your mouth is if you're Vanderbilt. Uh, could be wrong, but I I don't think I am, especially with where this program is at right now. Um, and there's a ceiling to that, right, Joey? Like Colorado in the off season, yeah, they they went portaling and they were transfer portal you. But what did they finish four and eight this year, Joey? I mean, it you know, they had a hot start, but that's it's tough to sustain and it's tough to build a culture with transfer portal kids. It just is. So and Clark has talked about he's not going to rely on that, um, and and Vanderbilt can't, quite frankly. Uh, let's see here. Will paying portal players big money hurt the team culture? Like I said, I, I, I think it can. Uh, now, I think Vanderbilt, they picked up minimal transfers last year. I think they're going to pick up maybe twice as more transfers this year. But I think you can do that in a way that doesn't hurt the cor- culture. Like, you, you have to do it in, in some way, right? Joe, I mean, we talked about, like, other programs around the country, this, this is what they're doing. Right? And you, you've got to do it to some degree but you got to do it in a way that doesn't hurt your culture because right now culture is what you kind of are, are, are relying on right now. And you're kind of holding on to. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be difficult for them in the portal. Just, I mean, I think what a lot of people have lost Vanderbilt can't use the portal like other people can anyway. And now that they're being outbid and such, it's going to be even more difficult. I think maybe they have some more flexibility than they used to have, but culture is still a thing academics are still a thing and it's going to be difficult to balance all that in the new age. I'm a little less optimistic than some that they'll be able to have a tremendous portal class, but they could certainly get a player or two here or there that, I mean, look at Prince Collie last year. He hasn't made an impact yet, yeah. but I think he's a real guy who could be a difference maker down the line. Maybe not next year, maybe not the year after, but at some point Prince Collie could be a real difference maker and you can get a guy like that. So it's not impossible, but it's really, really difficult. Yeah, it, it's tough, Joey. I mean, we, we've seen a school like Ole Miss uh, you do well in the portal, but that's that's a school like Ole Miss. It's not a school like Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. right? I think it, it, every, everything's different uh, at Vanderbilt. Lot Lizard, that's the biggest criticism that's fair on Clark. The one thing he preached we are not about somehow got us into a position where we have to be about it, the portal. We're not all about the portal. Um, how does that happen? Like you said, You've got to find kids that are kind of the diamonds in the rough, right? And it, because you can't rely totally on the portal, uh, like we said. Uh, okay, Joey, that kind of rumbled through our questions live. Again, if you guys got any other questions, we'll continue to answer answer those. I think I got through all the all the ones on the board. Uh, Joey, I do want to touch on uh, Ethan Barr. Also, was a guy that hit the portal linebacker Ethan Barr. So uh, I think J- Jacob Lurie, one one of the kickers, hit the portal, but. Seals and Swan are the two port guys that hit the portal for Vanderbilt, and they're shopping for a quarterback. It's Christmas season; it's the holiday season, and you know we're shopping for Joey's shopping for a new basketball goal at his house so he can get shots up. Vanderbilt, shop, <laughs> Vanderbilt shopping for for quarterbacks. So that that's the time of year, Joey. It's kind of funny how that happens. Vanderbilt is shopping right now, that as every every other program is as well. They're also shopping for a new strength and conditioning coach. Brandon Horgan uh, was let go a couple of days ago. Clark Lee said in a tweet, as I evaluate all aspects of our program following the disappointing season, a new direction in our strength and conditioning program is one important step. The physical preparation of our team is an area where progress is essential. 
I appreciate Brandon Horgan's effort and investment over the past three seasons. Joey, I was surprised, not shocked by this. Um, number one, Clark Lee has talked about soft tissue injuries mm-hmm. uh, a, a lot of this season. And he said, point blank, before the season even started, he, he was not happy about those. And mm-hmm. he said, we're going to have to reevaluate our, our strategies and our methods after this season. Well, they've done that. He made a change. And, um, you know, I think, I think it's, it's, a, it's an impactful one because it, it can change uh, motivation. It can change belief. It can change habits. It can change strategy. It can change ways of doing things. And I think that's what Clark wanted. And I think I th- looking at it, I think it's an important step. Again, you haven't fired any coordinators yet, but making this move, I think, is, is a pretty substantial one. I mean, firing your strength and conditioning coach is not a small move. I mean, most most programs have strength and conditioning coaches that have been there for 10, 15, 20 years, and a lot of them are retained by the, um, you know, by the from the previous staff. So a lot of them have been there forever. Brandon Horgan came over from Wake Forest. He built up, helped Clawson built up that Wake Forest program. Initially, like we've talked about, he was a great hire. Again, surprised Joey, but not shocked. This is an important move. No, nothing groundbreaking, but. This is going to be another important hire because Clark Lee talked about this a lot. And I'm not the reason I'm not shocked is because of how upset he was with a lot of those soft tissue injuries. And that hurt them, Joey, this year. Dorky Wright was not healthy all season. CJ Taylor banged up for a little bit. I mean, you saw guys with soft tissue stuff, small little kind of nagging injuries that hurt them. And and injuries were a big part of this season. And I think that change was uh was warranted. Absolutely. I wasn't even really surprised by this. I think this is there's a reason this was the first one as well because guys have to get on the strength and conditioning program early, so you can't really have the old program. And, and he's not involved in recruiting. Yeah, correct. And you can't really have the old program going and expect different changes as well. So I think it was smart to do this early. And like you said, the soft tissue stuff, I asked Clark about that at the Thursday presser one week, and I was like, do you think it's just because of week zero that you're having all these? And he's like, no, I think there's something we have to change and something that you can attribute this to. Yeah. And from that point on, you kind of expected this, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I didn't know if it was actually going to happen. Um, a, like I said, I had a ton of respect for Horgan. I think he'll land somewhere. Heck, he might find a job right back at Wake Forest. Um, great, great coach. Uh, but again, not not a certain fit, not what Vanderbilt needs right now. Um, I think they need a guy that is fiery. Not saying he's not fiery, but I think they need a guy that uh, that comes in and makes an immediate impact, and and the players feel him. Uh, let's see here. Seth Saban, would going back to a grass field be a recruiting advantage now? Just trying to think of anything outside the box we can add. I mean, Honestly, at this point. Turf one. Yeah, I mean, C.J. Taylor basically blamed his injury on that, and, and a lot of NFL former NFL players, players all football players everywhere. Would rather would would rather play on grass. Um, again, I, I don't think that'd be a recruiting advantage. Uh, but a lot of the big time SEC schools have grass. I think that mm-hmm. might be something Vanderbilt looks at. But we will see. Uh, but wanted to get that out there, Joe. Brandon Horgan uh, out, and we'll see. I think Adam Smotherman is is a guy to watch. There, he was uh, on James Franklin's staff. He was also, I want to say, on Bobby Johnson's staff as well and smotherman is a guy that i want to say is at clemson 
right now. Or no, he's at Virginia right now. So, so he, he was he was at Clemson. Now he's at Virginia as their strength and conditioning coach. Uh, played at Vanderbilt. Ended up coaching at Vanderbilt as well. I think he could be an option there. And I want to say he knows uh, Clark Lee. I want to say they know each other. So I think he is an option uh, to to look at there. So we'll see. Wanted to get that out there, Joey. Uh, let's move on quickly to basketball. Uh, got a lot of the football stuff out. Again, thanks, everyone, for the comments and questions. And uh, we'll continue to track this portal activity. Check out the board. Uh, the, we, we've got a thread out there. Uh, we'll have you know any breaking news uh, available for you on there uh, when you need it. But, Joey, let's talk basketball. Uh, tomorrow night, we've got Boston College, ACC, SEC Challenge, uh, 8-15, late tip. I'm looking forward to it, though. I think it's a big, a big opportunity for Vanderbilt uh, against a team that has lost a couple of games to teams similar that Vanderbilt has lost to, honestly. I mean, uh, Loyola Chicago, good team. Uh, in Colorado State, Boston College has lost to uh, to those teams, and Vanderbilt actually has a sixty five percent chance to win tomorrow night, according to ESPN Analytics. So, an opportunity uh, coming off of Vegas, but they'll be doing it without Lee Dort. And Joe, again, I don't want to spend too much time on this. Uh, obviously, just a terrible, unfortunate situation, uh, according to an arrest affidavit acquired by the Tennessean. Lee Dort was arrested on a felony charge of aggravated assault by strangulation following a domestic disturbance on campus Sunday morning. Uh, in a statement, Vanderbilt spokesperson Jacob Bell said, pending the outcomes of the universities and this legal systems processes, he was released Sunday afternoon and has been suspended from the basketball program. Joey, again, just an awful situation uh, to, to happen, a, a bad season sort of gets worse and it's almost like there's a bad dark cloud around this program right now. How do they get out of it? Billy, it's, they have to respond on Wednesday and it, it's just so difficult after that. That's the guy that they all know. They all know well, and it's just an awful, awful situation, awful stuff if true. And you got to feel for the victim there. That's really just unbelievable stuff yeah. that I don't know that we even feel fully comfortable talking about on public air, but for Vanderbilt, I think there's a path to making the tournament or whatever, but it's just going to be so difficult for this team to respond. And I think you learn about a lot about its resiliency over the next two games, doing it without that one of their guys. And the guy was in jail for a lot of Sunday from the looks of the arrest stuff. So really it's just, it's unbelievable to it's really jarring for that group i'm sure and a lot of those guys who know lee well to see all this go down and then have to go on the court a few days later i really feel for those guys uh in the program who haven't done anything wrong but have a dark cloud over them now and we'll see how they respond moving forward yeah we'll see joey and and again coming into this season we talked about lee dort as a guy that would and should make an impact uh, for this team. When with him out, you know, I tweeted this. This is tough, you know, especially because you've already got a, an already thin front court. Right now, more pressure on Van Allen Lubin to stay healthy and perform and play above his capabilities. Quite frankly, um, a guy like Carter Lang to to step up. I mean, Lang it. Carter Lang's gonna be playing a lot, so but even more so pressure on the guards to, to basically, I mean, you need a lot of them to go off 
Like, <laughs> you, first off, you need Manion back. You'll need Tyron Lawrence to perform better than he did in Vegas. I thought he did well in the first game. Second game wasn't really anywhere to be seen much, uh, you know, for much of that game against Arizona State. Uh, again, he was just getting back. You can't can't blame him too much for that, and he didn't have Manion beside him. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Manion plays tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see, Joey. Again, Boston College is is an opportunity. What are they in the net? In 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 uh, not the net, but what are they in Ken Palm right now? Have you have you checked that? I haven't seen it. Probably pretty low, considering they lost to Loyola, who is not a good A10 team. It's probably going to finish towards the bottom of the league. I'll look real quick. What I'm concerned about with Boston College, and I have been concerned about, and even more concerned about now, is Quentin Post. Okay, they they are 118. 118. So that would be yep. quad three. Jeez. Quad three. Um. What I'm concerned about for them is Quentin Post. I've been concerned about this for a while because I think Quentin Post is a better big than Vanderbilt has on its roster and one of the best bigs in the ACC. It's uh, tough to see a path to where they can contain him, especially with the thin front court they have now. I want to look and see what he did against Van Allen Lubin last year when Lubin was at Notre Dame. Give me a second. I'll give you the air for a sec. And uh, well, I saw I saw he um, – I saw <coughs> – I saw he's averaging 20 points uh, per game this season. Um, he's a kid that kind of, you know, uh, Liam Robbins-esque, can you say? I mean, he, he's, I don't know that he shoots as well as Liam, but he's a load down there, Joey. Really I, I, bad news. What's your bad news? Quinton Post went 10 for 14 from the field for 29 points, four offensive rebounds, 10 defensive rebounds, two blocks, um, and four what, 14 total rebounds against Notre Dame last year when Lubin was his defender. Wow. What a player. He is tremendous. And they also have a good point guard, so if Ezra Mignon is not in the lineup, it's going to be difficult. Maybe the most important thing tomorrow, besides Ezra Mignon's return, is Colin Smith back. I don't know that he will be because I think the concussion protocol is really, really hard to predict. But they're going to need his rebounding. Quinn Post can really mm-hmm. rebound it, and they have Prince of League Bay who can really rebound it as well. I think Vanderbilt's probably a better team than Boston College, but I don't know that they match up super well with them. So we'll see how it goes. I think Quinton Post is really their only big difference maker, though. So if you can, can kind of contain him and maybe force Boston College to be one-dimensional, you might not be in terrible shape. Yeah, not sure how many Q3 and Q4 losses Vanderbilt can afford now. Um, Let me see you know, if there's a every, every, now. Every game – Feels like a must-win game right now for Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Vegas, you go zero and two, and we said Joey before Vegas, you need to go at least one and one. You need to you need to take at least one. And Arizona State, Joey, was not a good team. That was a bad loss. It's quad three bad loss. They quad three loss. I mean, they they might end up being a decent team this year. They're well coached. Um, mm, I don't know if they're well coached. You don't think Hurley is a good coach? I do not. <laughs> But that's a, that's a talk for another day. I think Boston College is better coached than Arizona State is. Interesting, interesting. Never been um, I, Bobby Hurley. This, um, this just in, Joey's not a big Bobby Hurley guy. Less with more. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. I mean, they, they were an athletic team. They just kind of found a way to, to be Vanderbilt. I think it was more about what Vanderbilt didn't do. Um you know, the defense was bad, just just bad. So 
we'll see, Joey. Tomorrow night, good opportunity for Vanderbilt. Uh, you got to have Manion back. And like I said, you I don't know how many more Q3 losses you can afford. Not many, right? Okay. Um, you, you got Texas Tech coming up. You got Memphis coming up. You got San Fran uh, coming up. You got some good teams. Even, Joey, there's just nothing easy right now. I mean, we talk about that Dartmouth game later, Alabama A&M. You know, those won't be easy with, with the way this team is playing right now. Mm-hmm. You know? So, we'll see. Again, we're all waiting on SEC play against Alabama January 6th? Fourth, I think. Fourth? Okay. Early, early January, nonetheless, Vanderbilt, Alabama. Nice team to start out with in the SEC play, by the way. Um, at Memorial Gym, though. But Vanderbilt Boston College, again, tomorrow night at 8.15 on the SEC Network. Joey, uh, we'll both be there. I'll make sure to get something out. I'll bring my laptop charger, get get a piece out there, get some Good of my idea. thoughts out there for once. <laughs> uh, anything you got uh, before we uh, we say goodbye? I just think they're up against it right now. And that's not to say the season's over because they haven't been healthy yet, so we don't really know what they can do. But they're really up against it right now. What are they, 150 in Ken Palm? And I know people don't like only referencing Ken Palm, but that kind of gives you some context as to how national people see them right now. Mm-hmm. They got to make a difference soon. I think Ezra Mignon could really play tomorrow. It keeps the game time decision in Vegas. It will learn about all about this team's resiliency tomorrow, seeing how they come out and what kind of energy they come out with. I don't think you can really hold it against them if they come out flat tomorrow, but if they come out and play with their hair on fire, I think that says something good about this team. And I really don't want, I'm not one to be critical of guys like Ezra Mignon and Tyron Lawrence tomorrow who <clears throat> didn't do anything wrong and might be feeling the effects of this, but just feels like there's a dark cloud over everything. And it makes it more difficult on guys like that who have done everything right. So Vanderbilt, Boston college again, tomorrow night, eight fifteen tip off. And then this Saturday, Alabama A&M, comes to town. You know Alabama has 21 players on their roster? 21? Yeah, they played Lipscomb two weeks ago, and I was stunned. They walked out, They walked out, and I was like, are those managers or who are those guys? Why are why do they have so many guys on layup lines? But it's unbelievable. <laughs> That's a team Vandy should beat by a lot. Lipscomb blew them out, was up 41 at one point. If Vanderbilt can't get some separation from that team, and I'm assuming Vandy might be fully healthy at that point, that's what I'm really concerned. Alabama A&M is not a good basketball team. They were in a fifth, They put 15 guys in in the first half against Lipscomb. So mm. if you think Jerry Stackhouse has interesting lineup rotations, oh, my gosh, 15 guys in the first half is unbelievable stuff. <laughs> I've never seen anything yeah. like it. If you can't beat Alabama A&M by 20-plus, you've got serious problems. And this program might already have serious problems. But, again, I – I don't think the sky is quite falling yet, but it almost feels like it because of this dark cloud. Um, it's almost the analogy of the dark cloud. It hasn't started raining yet, though. Vanderbilt needs to remove that dark cloud. Don't let it start pouring raining yet. Move it over. Get some sunshine. I mean, get some you know some happiness and, and a little bit of hope with this fan base right now uh, because you need it, right? You need it, especially with the way the football program's going. Um, you need something. I, I mean, most fans are just sitting there waiting on baseball season, waiting, you know, camping out around Hawkins Field, waiting for the baseball season to start uh, in the construction. But nonetheless, Joey, good episode. Uh, thanks to everybody, comments and questions for chiming in. Uh, our guest, Joey Dwyer, has been brought to you by 
John Leffin and the Manor Next and Government Contracts Group. They advise government contractors on all aspects of their businesses with a proud focus on matching legal solutions to business needs. Give them a call, 256-551-0171. Again, Joe and I will both be there tomorrow night at Memorial for Boston College, 815 tip-off. Stay tuned for our updates. We'll have pieces out. We'll have post-game reaction, Stackhouse's post-game, and players. So stay tuned for that. I think well, I want to say we'll both be there Saturday as well. So uh, college basketball in full swing. Uh, no more football games, though, and then baseball will get going in the spring. But uh, stay tuned to VadaSports.com for updates. This podcast has always been free. We plan for it to be free, so here's how you can keep it that way. Give the podcast a review and a five-star rating. That helps us get noticed. If you're listening and haven't subscribed to VadaSports.com yet, please do. $99 a year or $9.99 per month. That helps us tremendously. Subscribe to our Vandy Sports YouTube channel. That's free. Finally, if you're interested in sponsoring the show, email Chris Lee at chrislee70 at gmail.com. For Joey Dwyer, I'm Billy Derrick. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you again soon with more episodes of the Vandy Sports Podcast.